Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. They did a survey in New York and they asked a few ladies, they said, what is the worst gift that you could ever give a mom on Mother's Day? And the very first lady said, another baby. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know the deal, once, uh, when you're in the hospital, it's not the time to ask your wife when she's ready to have another child. That, that's for sure. Another thing that uh, one of the moms said that uh, the worst gift that she can get is a pile of clothes waiting on her in the laundry room in the morning for Mother's Day. And uh, 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 quite frankly, you, this one won't be a, a big surprise to you. But the mom said any gift that involves a household chore, they don't want an iron, they don't want a vacuum, they don't want the latest broom. Now, I'm going to add a caveat to that. Unless your vacuum is an iRobot, a Ramba, that, that mama just turns it on and then it does the whole deal. Now, I'm going to have to admit to you, I'm preaching. I'm going to admit to you that as a man, when I saw that crazy Ramba thing, I said, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. We're never going to buy one of those things. And then we were at Lowe's buying one of those things. Amen. And it has been one of the best gifts that uh, I think that I've ever bought my wife. When I just, we just leave the house and turn that thing on, and then it does its thing. So it's an amazing thing. But women don't want those types of things. You, you heard the joke about uh, why was the house clean and the food so good on Mother's Day, right? And it's because mom worked all day Saturday cooking and cleaning. Amen. So, yeah, thank you, honey. That's right. So I did shuck the coleslaw, though, yesterday. Hallelujah, with an automatic thingy. That I probably bought you for Mother's Day. <laughs> Listen, today I want to talk about the motherhood reward. Because there truly is a reward for mothers. And, you know, God makes it really clear the way he feels about moms. And one of the things that I learned and uh, very early on in our marriage is that there's no assignment in life that is more tiring or challenging, but yet rewarding than being a mother. You know, I so appreciate having been able to watch Tammy skillfully do all the nurturing things a mom does no matter how physically or emotionally wore out she might have been. When I think about my own upbringing and, and my mom, my mom faced a million adversities in her life. I remember coming home one day from playing outside in sixth grade and, and learning that my mom had a nervous breakdown. I had no idea what that meant at 12 years old. All I knew is the woman that used to raise me was not the woman that was in our home again. I, Loved my mom. My mom was an amazing woman who was bipolar. She was up and down all over the place. She, you know, there were laughing times, there were crying times with my mom. But I knew this about her, even with all of her challenges, that woman loved me like there was no tomorrow. I wouldn't be out of the house 10 minutes in the morning after I went on my way to school, and my mom was in my bedroom cleaning it up. That's the kind of mom that she loved me at the capacity that she could do what she did. And that's the way moms are. There's just something innately inside of a mother 
that drives and motivates them to do the very best they can for the kids that God has blessed them with. You know, wanting to be a mom was uh, something that Tammy wanted to be at a young age. I can remember being sophomores in high school, and we were talking about how we would raise our kids because that was something that was extremely important to Tammy, even at that time. I found out that I am not a mother. I am not a mother. I am, I am dad. I'm the fun patrol. I'm the recreational director. I found that out in a really tough way. When Abby was born, Tammy had to go back into the hospital and I had to care for all three girls for a week, uh, the, uh, the brand new baby and the other two babies. And the first day when we all got up that next day, everybody's pulling on me and I'm trying to do Abby's deal and I realized that I was going to be woefully inadequate to do what was going to be required of me during that week. The reality was is that Tammy did as a mother more than I ever imagined that she ever did. And quite frankly, I made a phone call to Dallas, Texas to her sister Jill and I said, Jill, is there any way you could fly up to Columbus and rescue these girls? from having to survive the week with me, and she did. And I'm happy to report that the kids did survive. <laughs> Motherhood has taught me the meaning of living, one person writes, in the moment and being at peace. Children don't think about yesterday and they don't think about tomorrow. They only exist for the moment. Tammy showed our girls so much more than love. She literally prepared them to be uh, women of God and how to one day impart these lessons into their own children. Let's face it, the work that moms and dads do are completely different. The stuff that moms do is so often the stuff that is behind the scenes that is going to pay the greatest dividend throughout the life and the things that dad do are the things that are going to put a smile on a face for the moment. But it's only God could that, that could put into women that innate ability to do the things that they do. I want all you moms to know that God sees you and he will reward you for your impartations of work and wisdom that you pour into your family. You see, in your giving comes the biblical truth of reaping and sowing, the truth that give and it comes back to you. I'm happy to report that God is rewarding Tammy as we speak. Not just with three daughters who love her, but with nine grandchildren that get cherished by still having grandma in their life. And when we talk about the blessing from one generation, your kid's generation, your children's generation, I know there's going to come a day that when Naya and Lucas and Micah's kids, they look back and they hear the stories of grandma's impartation and they're going to laugh and hold fast to the truths that she left them. Let's look at 2 Timothy, if you would, beginning in chapter 3. And I want to uh, show you that God is a rewarder, that God does look at what moms are doing, that God is in tune to what's going on in the, the world of a mom. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, we read this, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, uh, Paul is saying to Timothy, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. 
Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. And out of them, all the Lord delivered me. And yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Men, uh, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things, listen to this, that you have learned and been assured of, knowing from uh, whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we hear the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy about the things that he has learned. Where did he learn these things? Well, that's a good question. Let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And let's take a peek at where these things were learned. In starting in verse 4 of 2 Timothy 1, it says, yeah, Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. This is what the Apostle Paul is seeing in Timothy. He's just telling him to hold fast to all of the things that he learned in his childhood. He's telling him now that not only those things, not only have you learned those things, but those things were genuine. And that, those are the things that built faith in you. Now, here's the deal. These things he learned because they first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, who I am persuaded is in you also. There is an impartation that comes from a mother that sticks inside the heart of every child. Therefore, the Bible says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. So was Paul's father or was Timothy's father involved at all in this impartation that is talked about? Let's turn to Acts chapter 16. We can clarify that right now. Acts chapter 16, verse 1 says, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who what? Who believed. But his father was what? A Greek. And that meant that if you were a Greek at that time, that you did not believe. So there was no impartation of anything of the gospel that came into Timothy's life through his father. It was all imparted through his mother. It came through the grandma who first passed those things down to, to the mother and then the mother down to Timothy. Now Timothy is in a position to where he is going to actually be the leader of the church of Ephesus. And none of that impartation came down from his father. It all came down from a mother who probably had to work around the father, work over the father, work under the father, work in spite of the father. 
There's so many things that women do that they know they have to do because it's something that God put in them and they have to do it no matter who stands in their way. No matter what gets uh, them sidetracked, they always have to return back to that innateness that God has put inside of them to impart something into their kids that will last for a lifetime. So often it's the mothers that kind of get a, a bad rap from the kids because the moms are always the one in everyone's business. And that's because that's the mom's business, is to be in your business. That's what God gave them to do, the business of being in the business. Of everyone who is in the connection of who they are and what they do. Moms are amazing. Donna Ball says this about motherhood. She said, motherhood, who's buying donuts? Who's buying donuts? Donuts, donuts, I hear phones going off everywhere. We, we, we haven't bought donuts for a long time, but we, will, we can resort back to that if your phone, for the new people here. If your phone rings in service, you are responsible for buying donuts for the entire church next week. Okay, so it's no big deal. I don't get worked up about phones going off. We just make a little deal and We've had several people that have bought donuts for everybody. All right. <laughs> Motherhood is a choice you make every day, listen to this, to put someone else's happiness and well-being ahead of your own, to teach the hard lessons. Now, I know that my girls would laugh at this, but there wasn't anything that went by in our household that was not a life lesson. Tammy turned it in. Everything that happened in our home got turned into a life lesson, and there were multiple scriptures that would associate the lesson that she was going to teach accordingly. So, someone else's happiness and well-being gets put ahead of your own, and we thank you for that. To teach the hard lessons, to do the right things, even when you're not sure what the right thing is. And to forgive yourself over and over again for doing some things wrong. You know, it's, motherhood is the great petri dish of life. It's the great experiment that mothers walk into. And I remember the, the, the day we brought Megan home from the hospital, and I'm glad she's here today because she's proof that she survived. <laughs> and I can remember coming home and sitting her in her car seat in the middle of the living room. And we made it from Grant Hospital out to Pataskala, and we looked at each other and we said, now what do we do? <laughs> Had no idea what the next part of what we do was gonna be, but Tammy just picked up out of the car seat, doing the do, checking the diaper, getting her prepared, preparing to feed her, doing everything that that child would need to have life and to sustain who she was. It's amazing when you see all the things that a mother does. It's amazing when you watch the weight of the world that is on a mother's shoulders in wanting to make sure that their children and their household have everything they need to be successful in the endeavors that God has given them to do. Now let's look at 1 Timothy 4 here, because there's more things that happen in Timothy's life. We know that 
in order for, let me just say this, in order for you to have a biblical perspective, there has to be a preparation for that perspective. In order for you to gain what God has in store for you, there has to be something poured into you that can make the future realities come to pass. What do I mean by that? Well, we see that the Apostle Paul is talking about the things that Timothy has. We see that he talks about, you know, all of the uh, uh, preparation in his life to get him to the place that he has came to at this current moment. But this is how he encourages him. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says this, let no one despise your youth. So I would ask you parents, when is the time to begin to prepare your children for biblical service? Is it after they're uh, uh, alive and well out of your home at 18? Or is it in the day that you bring them home from the hospital? Well, the answer is easy and clear in that. It's the day you bring them home from the hospital. Because every child has an aspiration that God has put forward for them. And the sooner they're trained for that, the better off they are. And, and he says to Timothy, let no one despise your youth. So there was something young in Timothy still at this time. But in Timothy, there was a preparation that had taken place in his life. And he knew he could say spiritual things to him because of his grandmother and his mother who had poured into them. It was obvious. Paul recognized what was going on there. And God is putting this in here because he's rewarding the, the grandmother and the mother of Timothy for the job that they have done. And today is about rewarding you for those times that you don't feel like you can take another step. That time that you're up at night thinking about your kids. That time when you just don't have the energy to do one more thing. I want to encourage you to do one more thing. Because God is depending on you moms to hold and be the glue that brings our households into the place it's going to be. You have an amazing assignment that only you can do. I found out quickly I could not do, and I do a lot. I'm an absolute multitasker. But when it came to doing mom stuff, it was totally, totally out of my league. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in what? In word. How did he get that at a young age? His grandmother and mother. In conduct, how did he get that? Because his grandmother and mother taught him how to act in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And verse 13 says, Till I come, give attention to reading and exhortation and to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. How did this gift come along with him? Which was given to you by what? Prophecy was given to you by a spiritual gift that operates in the church. If you are a parent here today, I would encourage you the next time that we offer prophetic ministry on a Sunday after church, this is the perfect time to have your 8-year-old, your 9-year-old, and your 10-year-old receive a prophetic word from God that leads them in the direction that God would bring them to. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy. His grandmother and mother had him connected to the church 
And when they had him connected to the church, then they had Timothy connected to all of the things that God would have in store for his life to fulfill him. With the laying on of hands from the eldership, meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. See, Timothy's grandmother and, and, and mother prepared him not just for who he was going to be, but what the future had in store for him. Not just for what his future was about, but for all of those who were going to hear the preparation that Timothy had from his grandmother and mother. These are serious things. Motherhood is a choice you make every day to put someone else's happiness and well-being ahead of your own. To teach the hard lessons. I was not wired to teach the hard lessons. I just wasn't. That wasn't who I was. I'm the guy who took my daughter into the bedroom to spank her and hit the belt on the bed three times because I just couldn't bring myself to spank a little child that was already wreathing. And Tammy's like, that's not how you teach the hard lessons of life. <laughs> I am so ashamed to say that story, but it is so true. But you never had to spank Allison. She was already, daddy, daddy, don't, daddy, no. Daddy couldn't do it. How long did it take you to learn that story? A long time. They were adults. They were adults, yes. Thank you. You had protected my identity and dignity for all those years. But the reality is, is true. That there's just something innately built inside of every mom that wants to see their children succeed to the place, the best place that they can be in life. And even better than just a mom-mom is a Christian mom. We live in perilous days. I mean, I don't know if any of y'all watched the news this week for three seconds. And you found out we live in challenging times. Moms, more than ever, you need to impart the word of God under your children so that they can stand when all else around them begins to fail. We have to raise a generation of kids that are going to be able to stand when everyone else around them is motivating them to go in another direction. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Moms, there is rewards for you that only can be given to you because only you can stand under the pressure that life bears for you to have to be a part of. I'm gonna to talk to you about a story about a single mom here because there is no tougher person in the entire world than a single mother or a, or a grandmother who's trying to raise grandchildren by themselves. No tougher assignment than you being in that situation all by yourself, with nobody to stand beside you, with nobody to help carry the weight. But I know this, that no matter how difficult an assignment is for a mother, that God has put something inside of you to stand when no one else is standing with you. In 
1 Kings 17, we're going to talk about Elijah and a widow. And what I want you to realize is at this time of this story, that there was a great famine that was taking place in the land. And so Elijah, in verse 8, it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Interesting. That God said, I'm taking you to a place of famine, that you're, you're not going to have anything with you, that you're going to go to a place to where a widow is going to be the one that takes care of you. Wow. That's asking a lot of the widow, I think. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there. What was she doing? Yeah. Gathering sticks. Why? Because there's something inside of her that says, my family has to survive. And if I'm going to make something, I need to gather sticks. You know, I found out something on this last trip to Kenya. And my friends told me there that cooking in Kenya is still 80% people still cook with wood and charcoal. Wood and charcoal. So this isn't a story of something that doesn't have any relevance to who we are today. So she was at the gate. He was at the gate. There was a widow there. She was gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Typical male. Okay. Hey, there's a lady. I'll get her to serve me. I'm sorry, but yeah. And as she was going to get it. He called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's all she had. They were in the midst of a famine. But she didn't just look at the flour, look at the oil, and, and not prepare it. No, that, that wasn't the possibility. The possibility was, is I'm going to go gather the sticks. I'm going to get out what I have. I'm going to make it happen. And if my son and I are going to die, my son's going to die having bread in his belly. It's only a mom could do such a preparatory thing. But that's, that's because God has made them that way. This story, if it functioned in a male aspect, would not finish the way that it's going to finish. It just wouldn't. And men, I'm not beating you up. I'm trying not to. I'm just being, re, I'm just being real here, okay? So I know, I know all y'all are great fathers. I get that. This isn't about bad dads. This is about great moms. Okay, we all good? If you're good, say amen. amen. And Elijah said to her, do, don't fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Women, listen to me. Single moms, listen to me. All y'all listen to me. You serve a God that watches over you. And when it looks like you're on your last bag of beans, your last thing of flour, 
when it looks like you're negative in your checkbook, when it looks like there's no hope, when it looks like you'll make your cake and surely the rest of you will die, I got good news for you today, and if you're watching us online, that is not the portion of a Christian mother. God is not going to leave you in that place of not taking care of you. He will find a resource to bring what you need across your path when you need it. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away because she's a person of faith. She went away, she looked at her circumstance, she measured it against who God was. And so what she did was she saw a man of God give her an inspiration from the Lord. And then she decided, I'm going to take what I have and put it in God's hands. Moms, you are amazing what you do with nothing. You're amazing how you make something happen out of, out of just what's available to you. Tammy and I went to breakfast on Friday at a little lakeside diner out at Buckeye Lake, a little greasy spoon that we've fallen in love with. And we bought these like breakfasts for seven bucks. We got the half order, so we're thinking, you know, we're going to get a pile of stuff about this big. I'm not joking. This plate was about this big oval. It had about 93 potatoes, 53 pounds of gravy, 16 eggs in it. And we started eating on that. And we're like, there's no, and I'm so glad I was going to get the, the full order, but I got the half order because my wife is wise. And so when we were done eating it, we didn't even eat half of what was on our plate. And so my wife is saying to the lady, can you bring us a box? And I'm like, a box for what? I mean, we got like 10 pounds of already cooked potatoes and eggs and all that. And mine's lathered with sausage gravy. And so my wife is saying that we're going to take that home and we're going to make a casserole out of all of those chunks of potatoes. And so those chunks of potatoes got creatively uh, made with uh, a can of corn, a can of green beans, a, a can of mushroom soup, some extra cheese, and it baked for 350 for 45 minutes, and we put the homemade applesauce next to it and the coleslaw that she made for dinner today, and it was the most incredible meal that you could ever imagine. It was casserole extraordinaire. <laughs> That's what you women do. You see something in something, and you see it for more than what other people value it at. And thank God that you're in your home with your children. Because that's the attitude that your children get to see God touch them with. So she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And, and she and he and her household ate for how long? For many days. Why? Because God's going to take care of widows and single moms. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now it happened in verse 17, after these things, that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. And so she said to Elijah, 
What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring sin, my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God, and that this word of the Lord in your mouth is true. Ladies, what do we see from these examples of Timothy? What do we see from these examples of these widows? The thing that happened in these moms' lives, and I have two more examples that I'm not going to get to today. One is Ruth. We know that Ruth, we know the story of Ruth. If you don't, it's a short book, read it. Ruth was, was married to a, a woman's uh, sons, and the woman and her husband and the woman's sons passed away, and Ruth chose to stay with the mother-in-law because God was leading her to a spiritual destiny. You women, God has a spiritual destiny for you. You might not see its fruition in the days that you're slugging it out, but in the time that God has prepared for your eternity, you're not only going to see that, but you're going to see so much more as well. And so as Ruth stayed with her mother-in-law, God put her out in a field and got her noticed by a man named Boaz. And because of her faithfulness, she chose to say to this woman, can, can we recite these together? Because your people will be my people. These were the vows that we took at our wedding. Ruth said to, to, to Naomi, your family will be my family. Your people will be my people. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. What you need, I will make happen, basically. And so in this, God brought her into a place to where one of the richest men in the area could embrace her. And not only did this man embrace her, but he took her on as one of his wives and in her downline. She was mother to Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David, and David is the beginning of the lineage of the line of our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, there are things that happen in a mom's life that you're not going to ultimately see the total reward of those things, but I want to encourage you to not stop pouring in. I want to encourage you to not grow weary in well-doing. I want to encourage you to stay strong when everything else around you is against you and your children. Because God has placed you in there to be the one who speaks the life lessons to your kids that only can come from you because they're your offspring. They're your kids. They're your desire. They're your heart. They're the thing that God put in you from the days that you were young. And only can you put into them the things that they need to walk through life with. 
What happens is that all of these ladies did one thing. They put God first. And when you put God first, you can rest assured that he's not going to leave you or forsake you. You can rest assured that he's not going to just let you frivolously walk uh, without something that you need. Many of us have been in that place to where we've been on our last dime or had no nickels to rub together, but we're all still here today because we have a God who loves us and takes care of us. Amen. Can I have all the mothers stand today? If you're a mom, I just want you to stand today. Stand right where you are. Can we give these mothers a, a great round of applause? Come on, I know you all are in a sleepy mood today, but can we give these moms a round of applause? Woo! I am so thankful that no matter what my mom's physical, emotional condition was, that there was something in her that loved her little boy. I am so thankful that no matter what situation Tammy and I ever faced in our life, I never had to wonder what she was going to be pouring into our daughters because she was amazing. You guys are all this way. You're all amazing. You're all incredible. You're all have been in that place to where you've tried things a hundred times. And yes, you've had to ask for forgiveness a few times because you didn't get it right. But you, you got it right more than you can ever imagine. And you're harder on yourself than anyone else could ever be. And today I would say to each one of you, if this is your new baby sections, uh, we have the new babies that flow in here like crazy. Love your assignment as a mom. You're going to be tired. You're going to be wore out. But when those little eyes are fixed on you, take a deep breath and impart a life lesson in them that will stay with them through eternity. If you are a grandma in here, you are not done. There is so much in you that needs to be deposited into the next generation. And, and, and whoever is your child, they need you standing beside them. Not telling them what to do, but assisting them in everything that they do. Amen. You have an important job. You have a great assignment. And whether you end up in a book of the, of, of the epistles or wherever your story ends up, I can tell you this. For the years down the road, when you mother as a Christian mom, your stories will remain in the hearts of every family member that comes across your path, and they will tell of your greatness for years to come. Amen. You will have grandchildren that say, how are you like the way you are? And it will be because my grandma poured something into my mom that enabled her to do the things that I learned today. Women, I know so many times you have got the iron, you've got the vacuum, you've got the gift that was insensitive that every man buys thinking it's going to help you out. Try to forget all of that and know how loved you all are. Amen. And today I just really felt like God himself wanted to wrap his arms around you and encourage you for the next part of your journey. We're all at different places in our journey, ladies. 
Help each other out. Stand strong with each other. Encourage each other. Because this is the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. Is to bear the miracle of having a child. And being able to impart great things from God into those children. Father, I just thank you for each one of these ladies standing here today. And Father, you know that I don't typically preach topically like this, but I know that there was something happening today that you wanted these moms to be encouraged. And so, Father, bless them. For the moms who's wondering where their next group of flowers is going to be, let them trust you. Let them put you first. Let them understand that you never leave or forsake them. For the mother who needs that wisdom to say that right thing into that child, to build that child into the person that you've called them to be, release that wisdom to them. Jesus, you said when we lack wisdom to ask and you'd give it to us liberally. So, Father, I pray for great wisdom to come in these mothers' lives. And, Father, lastly, I pray for this. I pray that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. That deep inside of them, they can feel this thing that only moms can feel by seeing their child grow and, and, and be built into the person that you're going to call them to be in adulthood. So, Father, help them to stay strong. Help them to not shrink back. Help them to not be discouraged. Help them to hold fast to what you've given them. And, Father, pour something into them today that's going to encourage them to strengthen their family in this stretch run. And so, Father, today, whether it be with the flowers, the video tributes, whatever we could have done today to put a smile on a mom's face, I pray that they walk out of this service today better than when they entered this building. And so, Father, we thank and praise you for our mothers. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give our moms one more round of applause. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.